0: It's Mentally Yours, from Ellen and Yvette, a podcast on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's Mentally, 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 Mentally mentally Yours, Mentally
2: Yours, Mentally Yours. yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today I'm chatting to Simon Gunning. He's the CEO of CALM, the campaign against living miserably. I'm going to be chatting to him about the charity and the challenges that people have been facing during lockdown. Simon, welcome to Mentally Yours. Thanks very much for joining me. Um so can we start off just with the basics um tell us a bit about Calm what exactly does it do?
1: Yeah Calm is the campaign against living miserably which is an excellent name uh and adds up to Calm C A L M. Um we are um we we're, we're a suicide prevention organisation. Um so our I guess chosen lens on the world is suicide. Um, and, and that's to us is a barometer of, of how well society is doing. Um, and, um, w- how, how it needs to be fixed. Um, in 2018-19, the Office of National Statistics numbers showed that suicide in the UK had risen by 11%. Um, and that, that's after a, a fairly st- steady plateauing of numbers. So we can see there's something happening across society in the UK that needs to be addressed. And that now that of course is pre-COVID, pre-lockdown, pre-economic impact, all of those kind of things. So the way that we uh tackle suicide um is uh threefold. One is uh we campaign for societal and for personal change so we work with big uh brands that um everybody will know uh like ITV and Dave and Spotify and Topshop and Topman Tesco and They just the list goes on and on Um, to take positive messaging to people to enable them to change behaviours which which may be damaging to seek help and to help people around them. Epitomised, I think, uh, by a recent partnership that we launched with Carling where carling have dropped the l and become caring um and and we we're, we're working there to help people uh, look after each other and look after themselves um another sort of campaigning that we do is for societal change so as a result of a thing that we did called project 84 in 2018 two years ago um with ITV and this morning we um were responsible for the appointment of the first ever um minister for suicide prevention so that's campaigning uh, the second leg on our stall if you like is uh called collectives which is where we bring people together although virtually now around shared passion points and uh like running and art and football and those kind of things and we allow people to join groups through the calm collectives the final one probably um the most the tangible uh output of uh where we where we raise money and what we spend it on is our helpline which is open from five till midnight seven days a week for anyone that needs it whatever your gender um whatever you need we're non-judgmental and uh, our helpline is staffed by um professionals by people who are paid to work on the calm helpline and they're there to give advice to help people whether you are at your wits end um and uh suicide is is becoming an option we will help you whether you you might be feeling just a little bit weirded out by what's going on right now i know i am i know most people are we're there to help you any with anything that you need, you might be feeling fine and worried about somebody else. We're there to help you, whoever you are, no matter what, uh, Calm is there to help you have a happier life um, and to try to change society for the better.
2: Mm. Um, What about you personally? When did you get involved and why did you want to get involved with this charity in particular?
1: Um, I've never worked for a charity or or been involved in mental health at all. I've worked in television and uh, the the record business and then latterly in, in advertising um, don't judge me. Uh, but, um, I, I was literally rung up by the chairman, a guy called James Scroggs, uh, to say, why are you wasting your life working for uh, advising advertising agencies for, on, on stuff? Come and do something worthwhile. So I went to do it, went to do it for four months and, uh, I've stayed that's three and a half years and it's fantastic. It's calm. I think is attractive to so many people because we don't behave like a charity. Now that isn't in any way to denigrate charities. The charities are fantastic, brilliant things that, know, supplement stuff that arguably government should be doing but did have have real profound purpose and Calm is a charity um but we behave uh, and communicate in ways which may be more like um a, a, a modern brand so we communicate through music and comedy and football and running and cycling and all of those kind of things which really tap into popular culture um so we've seen huge growth in the last 3 years most notably in the use of our helpline which is which is more than doubled so it's a it's a brilliant privilege to be able to run the thing
2: mm, brilliant is it specifically aimed at men because when it launched it seemed to be quite clearly that i think you were trying to reduce the number of um, male suicides um, yeah. but wh- where do you stand these days
1: yeah we well um, as we've become more popular we've become, people have become aware of us and we've, we've, we've become attractive to people of all genders. And I don't feel comfortable at all saying that calm is only available for one gender. That that makes me, that makes me bristle, um, especially when you think about transgender people. I mean, what, what we can, we're not going to ask probing questions about where you are on your particular journey. What we, what we are focused on is high risk groups. Um, That's people who are at high risk of suicide. Uh, And suicide is 75% male um, and continues to be since those new numbers came out that I mentioned earlier. Um, And so the biggest high risk group is men. Um, And we work very, very hard to help men through um, campaigning in ways that people can change their behaviours. We did a thing called the Best Man Project, um, which we asked the question of why is it you're only able to be nice to your best mate once in your life when you're his best man. After that, you've got to go back to the bans. Do you know what I mean? Um, the thing we ju- I just mentioned with carling is very much aimed through football at helping men. Um, but with the high risk focus that we have, um, we don't want to turn people away. And we understand that other people are at a very high risk of suicide. So we have launched recently with Harry's Grooming, uh, a helpline specifically for homeless people so homeless people are at least six times more likely to take their own lives than people with a, with a home. So we we help them. Um, we want to focus on people bereaved as well, where suicide rates are very high. Um, we were about to launch a helpline into prisons, um, which unfortunately, because of COVID, we've been unable to do. But that's that's ready to go as soon as we can get back to operational normality. Um and inside those ONS numbers, the 2018-19 numbers, the alarming thing for me showed that the fastest-growing suicidality uh, in, 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 in any group in the UK was amongst 16- to 24-year-olds. So young people are, are becoming really, really exposed to that threat, and inside that group, girls and women aged 10 to 21. So I think you can see there, a, a hopefully, a, a high-risk approach means that we're, we're, we're communicating with people discreetly directly to them saying calm is here for you but and we would never say it's not here for you um, but we focus on people where we can do the most immediate good.
2: Mm. Um, who's generally getting in, touch, getting in touch with you in terms of um, ringing the helplines and getting involved with the services is it generally younger people and, and men or is it sort of a whole mixture?
1: As, as as you you mentioned, it has predominantly been men for a very long time, and it continues to be the majority of people that call our helpline are men. I think it's important to note that probably the majority of people that we help don't ever come to call the helpline. The majority of people that we help are through our partnerships and through our messaging, through the collectives, um, and through the wealth of materials that we have at the calmzone.net, at our, at our website. It's been really interesting, though, to watch the change in use of the helpline through lockdown. So we immediately went up by 37% in demand, um, taking us up to, uh, way over 25,000 calls a month. And the makeup of the people that are calling us has broadened dramatically in that time. So lots more calls from women, lots more, lots of calls from people who are unable to access the mental health services that they would be using ordinarily, which are, which are not available to them at the moment. Um, lots of people who are frontline workers especially nhs workers so really the, the use of the helpline is broadening which i think is a really a really great thing i would we, we we definitely want it to be there for anybody that needs it
2: do you have the helpline to hand just for the number
1: yep i wait 1585858 um and that you can talk or you can type so if you go to our website the calmzone.net you can click on a link um and and you can you, you can uh, have a have a web chat instead of a, a chat chat
2: do you mind running me through roughly what would happen if I or one of my friends uh, messaged you or rang you?
1: Yes, you would. Um, after a while, there might be a queue now that the demand is so high, but um, you'll get through to a human, where, whether you're chatting or talking. Um, the, 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 the the real kind of differentiating point is that that that, that human is, is trained to help you. Um, it's... It, it, exceptionally non-judgmental, completely anonymous. We're here to listen to you if you need to chat because you need some human contact. We're here to listen to you if you've got an immediate and urgent issue. And we're certainly here to listen to you if you rang yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. It's really important that the Calm Helpline is not only a crisis aversion service, but it's an ongoing maintenance service. So we want people to feel that, uh calm is there as a as a as a, an ongoing friend we we talk about calm leading a movement against suicide that's what we're there for it's a movement and there are 40 odd of us in the help uh, the, the the head office in waterloo uh and there are 50 of us on the helpline in the northwest of england but calm isn't owned by us calm is owned by the people that run events for us that run in events for us that wear our t-shirts and our badges and that want to be a part of this movement against suicide because if we don't embrace the struggle against suicide and we don't destigmatize the use of that word we're never going to get over it we're we're bad at embrace uh, talking about death let alone suicide um Mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's owned by everybody that wants to be a part of it
2: in terms of the um the people that take your calls um, is it a mix of people or is it generally more men? I mean, the thing that I'm trying to get at really is, um, as a sort of service user myself, I do sort of wonder how it's different to something like the Samaritans and, and all the other great charities that also run helplines. Um, I guess I'm asking, what, what's its USP, really?
1: We, we are highly interventionist uh, and we will we will work to put plans together for people. The, the makeup of the helpline is predominantly female, actually, um, uh, from all walks of life, from um citizens' advice bureaus, from youth work, from addiction work. Um, so it's, it's a very broad church. Um, I think our, our USP versus other brilliant helplines like Samaritans uh, is in that interventionist approach, is in that practical approach, is in the fact that the people are not volunteers, they're professionals. But I think probably the key differentiator is we have a very different kind of tone to... Other other organisations, we we are irreverent, uh, we are challenging, um, and 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 people people warm to that certainly. But our helpline is massively professional, um, uh, and 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 is dedicated certainly to preventing suicide, but also to, to being able to help you with whatever issues you might have.
2: Mm. No, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I think the charity is really great, and it's it's really great that you're sort of approaching it from a, a different angle as well, like that. Um, How have you adapted during lockdown and coronavirus? Because I've seen on your website, you've been sort of doing all kinds of different things.
1: Um, Our money stopped almost immediately because we are reliant on individuals doing things for us. So that was a bit scary. And we furloughed um, about a third of our our staff, but it was really important that we didn't uh, lose momentum, that people need to know that we're there for them. So uh, our marketing and comms, Team have been going hell for leather. If you look at our, yeah, you, you, you've looked at what we've been doing. So we've been we've had partnerships with Nintendo, with Twitter, with Jackamo, with uh, Netflix, with Spotify, with Carling, with just our Top Shop, Top Man. So many great partners that have brought our messaging to large numbers of people, which has probably resulted in the forty percent increase in the use of our helpline. Um, so we've 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 doubled our work almost in communicating our existence and communicating that advice directly to people. Um, one of the key tenets at the start of this when we had to recalibrate really quickly and write a strategy and a tactics to go with it and a new budget and all those kind of things was that there, um, there is no way we will reduce the level of the helpline. So our helpline will be there from five to midnight, seven days a week. It will be staffed with the same number of people who who have been uh, there for the last few months since we've, we've been growing rapidly over the last three years. So, um, actually, that has worked fantastically. Um, awareness of, of calm, awareness of what we do and our ability to help people has grown really dramatically during COVID, um, despite the fact that, yeah, we're, 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 we're thrown to the four winds. Our marketing director is in France because he got stuck there. Uh, <laughs> I'm in West London. Lots of people are uh, uh, living the hipster life in East London um, and uh, scattered all around the place. But, yeah, it's it's been a, a bit of an eye-opener pretty exhausting i feel like i've been stuck in the world's longest and worst episode of celebrity squares with uh, endless zooms and google hangouts but it's certainly been enlightening
2: um can we go back again just a little bit um to talking about men and suicide because um i appreciate that these days you're supporting uh, men and women um and and all sorts but the thing is um you obviously do support a lot of uh, men who live with depression yeah. Um, and, you know, thinking about suicide. Um, I suppose I want to really ask a bit about that in terms of what you've learnt from working with CALM about the the different ways um, that we can help men um, that are struggling with their mental health. We talk about that sort of stuff quite a lot in this podcast, but I'd be really interested to hear sort of what you've learnt.
1: Yeah, well, working to help men is unquestionably our bedrock. Uh, You know, it's where where we have a degree of expertise, I think. Um, it's where, it's where, how we were founded. The reason why we were founded was that there wasn't a service specifically aimed at men. Um, and and we certainly continue that. Um, there are so many reasons for any suicide. Uh, they are multivarious with so many different awful, awful factors. Um, but when we think about how we can help men and the reason why men are so much less likely to go and present for formal medical health care um, comes down so often to unhelpful uh, gender stereotypes, un- unhelpful norms. Um, I, I remain, as the father of a 13-year-old boy, I remain puzzled by this confusion between stoicism between silence and strength that it that we are brought up I was brought up uh, to believe that not communicating what's happening between your ears makes you strong and makes you you know gritted teeth and sift up a lip and all that other stuff when what we know absolutely is that it's it's really hard. It's really hard to break those cycles and to take care of your brain and your emotions. We also absolutely understand that Symptoms such as anxiety uh, and and a, a thousand other things are very often merely indicators that your brain's working. That you know, especially right now, uh, one of our lovely, lovely ambassadors is a uh, is the comedian Susie Ruffle, who says that uh, if you're not suffering with anxiety, you're just not concentrating. <laughs> um, and you know, <laughs> right right now, it certainly feels that way. Yeah. But men have been told for you know, well, certainly to to my mind since. The, the first and second world wars that uh, expressing emotion um, you know the the truly lovely brilliant things that make us human uh, is, is in some way a sign of weakness um, which I, I, I fortunately i don't i, I, I don't understand that um, I think it's wrong uh, and I see it every single day with the people that we help that um, for men to be able to free themselves of the shackles of that absolute artifice that was brought about by um, uh, many, many artificial and imposed social factors to, to rid themselves of that that contract signed by someone else. You know, I, I never signed a contract when I was a teenager to say that I had to be tough and that I couldn't express my feelings. Um, to, to For us to try to help rid men of that burden and to be able to do what all of us want, each of us to do we want to be there to, to look after our friends when they need us we want to be there to look after our loved ones and our family when we need us we did a a, a poll um, about a year ago with quite a large sample size of a couple of thousand men um, that came out showing that 82 percent of us want to be the person that's asked for help we want to look after our friends um, and I think we all know that we know that deep down um, and and calm wants to be able to allow people to, to, to access those kind of directly therapeutical behaviours that strengthen our tribal bonds and make us happier.
2: Mm. And as you mentioned in there, it's such a difficult time at the moment. I mean, I think everyone's been struggling in their different ways, because it's just, I mean, it's just a really strange world still. Um, how can we support um, our dads, brothers, sons, boyfriends in particular, at the moment, if they're struggling with their mental health?
1: well we've we've got five points that we've been kind of pushing <laughs> during lockdown um uh which is to switch off there's a, a very very cool thing called the covid blocker so go to our website and you can you can help you can encourage people or do it yourself to install the covid blocker on your machine and you can turn covid off for an hour um so get away from it but also plug in and get in touch with your dad's your, your mates your brothers your you know whoever it might be and ask them how they're doing there's a there's a we've never been more connected there's a plethora of uh tools to do that and of course you know the, the restrictions are now so reduced that we can we can get together and talk um the um uh, the, the next one is, to, is is talk to somebody if you haven't got someone to talk to talk to calm but also routine has been so important for me and for so many other people um in, in specifically talking to to men and to young men, older men, whatever that might be, um, really we, we would often advise you know, to, to to ask the question twice and to really listen i I do it and i'm you know I, 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 I work with this stuff, somebody asks me how I 'm doing, I go yeah I 'm fine, or yeah, all right uh, you know, and it's the second or the third time that somebody asks you, you can go actually. I'm, you know, sick of being locked in, or I just really need to get to see my mates again, or I really need to go to a pub and then to a football match. You know, whatever it might be that means that 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 is your means to relaxation, your means to to a happier head. Um, it, it's about communication, and 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 maybe men, because of all that stuff we talked about before, maybe we need to be asked twice. Um, uh also there's a huge amount of importance around networks as well um around if you're worried about someone mobilize the network around them don't try to deal with it on your own if you've got if there are other friends if there's other family members then get them to ask the question too
2: yeah that's really great advice thanks and to be honest i hadn't really thought about the huge effect about football and pubs in that sort of way because i'm not into football and i don't really like the pub I'm, to be honest, I haven't been bothered about either of those things, but if that's your social life effectively that's been wiped out in that way, um that must have been really difficult difficult for quite a lot of people yeah um, when we can
1: we can sort of laugh at it, can't we that you know it's uh, eleven men kicking a bit of leather around, but actually, so my personal experience of of football uh is it's been a central part of my life since I was about five when I got my first arsenal season ticket yeah. um, and I've been going to football with the same group of maybe seven eight people um all of them you know stereotypically male uh since the 90s um and i, I we don't actually very much we don't we, we're not a group of people where we would be talking about our mental health in that context um but by not talking about it we're talking about it by by seeing each other so regularly having that um that routine of of, of communication those shorthands of communication those 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 um rituals even you know that that are that form a very central part of your social life when those are gone it's very very difficult for, for to be removed from from a group now that might for me it, it, it happens to be football and it happens to be playing in bands and going to see bands and doing that sort of stuff. For other people, it could be anything. Um, but it's that that social connection, I think, based around ritual and around regularity that could just be going to the pub. Uh, when that's taken away, you, you, can, you can very quickly feel that you're on your own and that can be a very slippery slope.
2: I've asked this of, of sort of a few of the CEOs we've had on the podcast just to, to kind of get a sort of an idea of what things like generally, I suppose, across the country. But um, how worried are you about how lockdown has affected the nation's mental health as a whole?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried. Um, n- nothing is inevitable when we're talking about mental health, and especially when we're talking about suicide. And um, what we need to be is aware of the potential dangers and do everything we can to mitigate and prevent uh, what could be a very very bad set of um of results yeah. uh what i think is clear is that when the physical threat subsides the 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 emotional and mental threat will will be there still um and we're looking at waves i think um Certainly we saw a, a very detrimental effect on men's mental health after the 2008 financial crash. Mm-hmm. We saw a very detrimental effect on the mental health of older people after SARS in 2003. Um, so you know, precedent is there all over the place. Uh, the effect on young people uh, is, I think, is, is potentially profound. Um, I have as well as a 13-year-old son, I've got a 16-year-old daughter, who has spent the last three months in her bedroom. And that, that isn't good for anybody. She's Fortunately, she's now being able to get out and go and see friends again. But um, we need to be aware that the fallout from this um, is, 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 is potentially long and potentially quite deep for quite a lot of people. Um, there, will un- there will unquestionably be financial difficulties that follow. Um, and what we want to be able to do, I want to make sure that Calm is there to help people that need us uh, whoever needs us uh, in whatever numbers they need us over the over the you know the the, the the coming months and years because this is this is a this is a species uh, event you know this is this is not something any of us could have been prepared for uh, and we don't fully know what will happen when we come out but what we can absolutely see is that there's been a massive change to our regular behaviours and that invariably results in difficulties in the future.
2: Thanks Simon. Um that's been really great. Um is there anything else you'd like to add just finally?
1: No, thanks. No, I think it's, uh, one of the main things is to, to just to let everybody know, you know, that the, the calmzone.net is full of content, is full of things for people to to read and to to watch and to listen to and to do um we are we're leading a movement against suicide and in joining us you can destigmatize that word we can get it out in the open we know it's a preventative measure to talk about suicide um uh and and so as people come with us we never we never directly ask you for money you can you can give us some if you fancy it, but that's not what we're about. We're about helping people. And if you or somebody you know needs us, then 0800 58 58 58 5 till midnight, seven days a week, free to call.
0: So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy
2: your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally,
0: Mentally,
2: Mentally, Mentally, Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours if you've been struggling with any of the issues we've been chatting about today please give the samaritans a ring on 116 123 you can also find them online at samaritans.org you can find us online we have a twitter account which is at mentally yrs and you can also join our lovely facebook group which is simply called mentally yours see you next week
0: The cat